Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. All right, today we were looking for something a little more old school, a little sillier. Uh, Okay, I was. I wanted something a little grindhouse that we could make fun of. Uh, but something that I had been wanting to see for a long time. This is one of those movies uh, that I passed by on the shelf in the horror section of the video store a lot, was entranced by the title, and the title of this movie is called Pieces from 1982. And the tagline, I think, is, it's exactly what you think it is. (laughs) And uh, the box art for it has a chainsaw and a bunch of body parts on it, Uh, It was one of these early 80s, late 70s uh, slasher movies that uh, I was just in the mood for this week. So I proposed to Craig. I will take the blame. And uh, we watched it. I hadn't seen it before. How about you, Craig? Nope. I had never even heard of it, I don't think. Really? You would never saw this on the shelves? I don't think so. Not that I remember, anyway. Okay. Well, fair enough. This movie was produced by a pretty notorious producer of exploitation films, Dick Randall. Uh, This guy started out in the early 60s uh, making movies like King of Kong Island, Let It All Hang Out, Playgirl 70, Mondo Inferno, the Cotton Pickin' Chicken Pickers, which maybe we should put that nice. on a list for the future. I don't, I don't think it's horror, but it sounds interesting. So a lot of these sort of sexy sex exploitation films uh, and then seem to transition a little bit into horror with movies like uh, Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks, Crocodile, which sounds like a takeoff of Alligator when we watched it uh, that was produced in 79. Oh, dude, I'm I'm looking at some of these titles, and they're fantastic. The Erotic Adventures of Robinson Crusoe. Anyway, and probably some movies that we're going to be doing sometime in the future. He did a movie in 1984 called Don't Open Till Christmas, a 1986 movie called Slaughter High. I think he wrote the story for this or came up with the concept, which is not highbrow concept. It's a killer with a chainsaw runs around a university campus and murders people. And uh, then enlisted the help of a Spanish director, named Jean-Picier Simon, and he has also done a fair number of uh, exploitation films, one of which, again, I think we're going to come back to at some point called Slugs. Mm. This was one of one of the movies he made. He, he only made like about 20 films, which is more than I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this movie is listed on IMDb as a Spanish... Italian production because it was primarily filmed in Madrid, Spain. It says it was filmed in Madrid and Boston, or at least some exteriors were filmed in Boston, but then there's some conflicting information that says actually almost none of it was filmed in Boston because they really had no money. Right. Uh, And they just pulled in some exterior shots from somewhere else. Uh, The fact that they had no money, uh, this is a cheapo exploitation grindhouse kind of film, really shows. But I was really happy to see that our favorite... Uh, track coach yes <laughs> from, from graduation day was in it and and honestly he made the movie for me i love watching uh this guy perform uh, his name christopher george and uh he plays the lieutenant police detective whatever in this movie who's charged with solving the crime and does a really shitty job of it for most of it but <laughs> shoes up a lot of scenery looks has a very furrowed brow uh barks orders around at people and generally looks like he's in control despite it i started it a little too late at night and i stopped it after about an hour so i'm gonna have to come back to this in the morning finished it off for the last half hour and then was like you know 
I feel like I want to go back and rewatch at least some highlights from earlier in the movie. And I have to say that when I went back and rewatched some of the earlier scenes, having kind of understood what I was getting into and how the end result would be, I found it kind of fun. Uh, that's kind of my take on it. It's it's stupid. It's really stupid. Mm-hmm. It's super sleazy. If you search us online and look up reviews, the word misogynistic shows up a ton. And it's absolutely shamelessly misogynistic lots of boobs lots of gore uh, lots of girls being murdered uh, and then the premise of the whole film is a bit like psycho this kid uh, it starts out early in boston 1942 i believe is supposed to be a very yeah. unconvincing 1942 right but anyway he's putting together a racy jigsaw puzzle in his bedroom of a naked woman and his mother comes in she's really upset uh, kicks the puzzle over and uh, I don't know, you know, if my mom, when my mom found me with a Playboy magazine once, uh, I have to say I was more embarrassed than motivated to pick up an axe and murder her. But that's what the kid in this film does. He chops her up. The police come and find blood all over the room and all over this jigsaw puzzle. Mom's head is in one of the closets and the kid is cowering, crying in one of the other closets. And this being 1942, uh, they don't think that the kid actually did it. So... Um, We jump to present day, 1982, where obviously the question hangs over the entire movie, who was that kid who's grown up to be now a murderous psychopath? That's the premise. So this is this is the movie. This is what we're what we what we're stuck with. This is what we're going to talk about. But I have to say, uh, before I turn it over to you, Craig, for a little more insight, that it's nice to every now and then review a chainsaw killer movie. There really aren't as many chainsaw killer movies as you would think in the horror genre and this is most definitely one of the most chainsaw horrorist movies i've ever seen (laughs) for what it's worth yep it sure is (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of nice things to say (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean when i finished watching it i was like i mean i texted you right away because it was bad but Having slept on it now, I'm kind of trying to look back at it and see it as... I'm trying to find the charm in it, because I think that there is charm in this movie. And that might be evidenced by the fact that when the movie came out, the company that was releasing it was really skeptical. And one of the producers told whoever, you know, was in charge of the production company, go see it with an audience. And he did, and I guess the audience response was really positive, largely because they were laughing at it so much that it inspired a little bit of confidence. And I can kind of see that. It's really not a horror comedy, but it's one of those that's unintentionally funny. It is, it is funny. I mean, it's, it's a silly premise. This guy who, (laughs) this kid (laughs) who likes to put together puzzles of like a nude lady. It's cute. You know, it's, it's almost like the, the puzzle that he puts together, which he puts together periodically throughout the movie. Yeah. It's just like a classic pinup, you know? It's it's the naked lady with her arms above her head and her back arched and of course she's fully nude and the the premise becomes that I guess because 
<laughs> he's crazy. I don't know. He's crazy about puzzles. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he's crazy about puzzles. And uh, he grows up to become this psycho killer who, throughout the course of the movie, kills these women, I guess, with the goal of kind of creating his own jigsaw puzzle like he kills them but then he only takes certain parts of their body and if it's not apparent throughout the course of the movie that that's what he's doing you get the payoff at the end to see that he's actually kind of been constructing i don't know what you would call it (laughs) i don't know i don't know what his purpose you know i don't i don't know if it's an artistic purpose or if he wants to bone it i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well it's 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 cute (laughs) it's not even readily apparent throughout the movie that this is what's happening i mean that's kind of one of the criticisms i have is that we don't see it's not like silence of the lambs you know it's not like we don't see we see a lot of insert shots of the killer this is very giallo inspired this movie is like a american produced spanish made giallo wannabe yeah right down to the killer with the black gloves and the dark overcoat yes Um, the scenes every now and then i mean he cuts right into it i think right after we jump to present day you get this shot of the killer with the black gloves opening up the drawer and pulling out all of his yep. little bits of memorabilia and assembling them. And one of those things is the puzzle and a knife and a picture of a, a woman with this X'd out. I mean, how many times, right? Even graduation day uh, was like this, right? Yeah. So it's very heavily Jalo inspired. And actually, I thought um, the soundtrack as well. There were times, you know, it has this very, at times, this very minimalist score that's just a thumping, like, but then when it breaks out into the insanity of some of these killings, you know, it becomes the full-on rock. Goblin-esque type score that we see in just so it's clear they're trying for this at the same time the killer when you see him and you see him a lot in shadow to the point where it's hilariously cliche it's really funny (laughs) (laughs) in fact like it is very jalo now i read that they didn't in fact base the figure of the guy on Jalo, it was actually based on the comic book character, The Shadow. But, like, that's yes. exactly what it is. It's just the completely black silhouette of a man, presumably, in a hat and, like, a <laughs> collared, like, trench coat. Like, it, and, and you see it so often. And I have no idea. I, I can only imagine that it was an actor, you know, in this, ensemble but they could have just as easily used a cardboard cutout and just like popped it up in front of windows and stuff (laughs) yeah there's a literal shadow in the windows at times right (laughs) gliding left and right (laughs) and you see it all the time it's very the shadow though they get the look down down pat to the scarf around the neck and everything yeah for sure it's it's really really funny and i i it doesn't seem like they 
meant it to be. Like, it seems... No. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were in on the joke, but it really just... they it It's played so straightforward. Mm. But every time, you know, like, this killer stalks people, women only, around all the time, and you just see that silhouette in the window, like, leering... <laughs> I mean, you assume it's <laughs> leering. It's literally just a black silhouette all the time. And it just... Because it happens so frequently, it just becomes hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> My favorite part of this movie is just there is a linear narrative that you can follow, but also just the most random things happen. Mm. Like <laughs> in, in the very beginning, okay, so we see the kid kill his mom and then he finishes his puzzle and then 40 years later he pulls out the puzzle box that has his mother's clothes and his mother's shoes all bloody and his puzzle that he was putting together all bloody too like did he ask to keep those things when he was a kid like why does he <laughs> right. have this how does he still doesn't have even this make any sense mm-hmm. and yes there's a picture of his mom in the box which is clearly a hollywood headshot yes. like obviously not from 1942 1940s no way no but then the very next thing we see is just this girl skateboarding <laughs> like through a college campus and i have no idea who she is and for no apparent reason like it's just like they wanted to do this scene (laughs) (laughs) she's not a character in the movie as far as i remember but this just this girl she's like super happy and she's on this little like 1980s tiny little skateboard and she's waving at people and you know it's all fun and then all of a sudden two workers carrying an enormous mirror walk out right in front of her and she crashes through the mirror and that's it it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie you have no like it's you just see it happen and then it's over and the movie carries on and there are several <laughs> parts like that in this movie and i just thought it was oh it was hilarious <laughs> it's, it is hilarious and i had read that there were a couple shots that came from a different movie that they were working on like some superhero movie and i wonder if that was one of them that was inserted i mean it's like the idea was that they were trying to set the scene of the college campus and the college kids like now we're in 1982 and here are all the hijinks happening on campus but it's just this one scene and that's it (laughs) yes with a character you never see any other time in the movie and it cuts immediately to this girl who's laying down in studying like in the middle of the quad in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. <laughs> in the middle of the day <laughs> must be said. And there's a sound of a chainsaw that startles her from behind, and she looks up, and there's somebody trimming the bushes with a chainsaw. But he's very, you know, bound up tight. He's got these goggles on, the hat, a scarf. Like, you, you have no idea who that person is. And uh, even speaks up and says, oh, I'll just be a minute. And she's like, oh, okay. She turns around, and suddenly he steps out in front of her and cuts off her head with the chainsaw in the middle of in the campus middle of the day. in the middle of the day <laughs> <laughs> and and i couldn't even tell like i couldn't tell 
if the guy who was trimming the trees was the same guy with the chainsaw because when she talks to him he's up in the tree behind her and then Mm. seconds later he's approaching her from the front so i didn't know if like the tree trimmer like witnessed this happen and (laughs) then i i feel like at some point they introduce like a landscaper who's working there who I assumed from the beginning was a red herring because it was so obvious. His name was Willard, played by Paul Smith, who was Bruto. Bruto? I think that was his name in Popeye. Bluto, that's right. And he was also uh, in Haunted Honeymoon. And he's set up what I thought as this big red herring. But if I remember correctly, he wasn't even the same guy who was trimming the trees. No. I don't know. It's It's... It's a mess, really, but it's kind of like, <laughs> thinking back on it now, it's kind of funny. It, it is. So then after this girl gets killed, then, of course, you know, there has to be an investigation. So you bring in the cops, and you've got Lieutenant Bracken, who we've already mentioned, Christopher George, who we saw in Graduation Day. He was also in City of the Living Dead. Didn't we do that? Yes, we did. He was the detective in that, too. Oh, well, <laughs> he plays it well. <laughs> and he's got a partner or whatever and they're investigating I swear it's just these parts that have really nothing to do with the movie that are my favorite parts like so they introduce us to the cops and we find out the cops are investigating or whatever but then they cut to a scene of these kids is this a college? it's a college right? Yeah, it's supposed it's to be yeah this group of kids in the hallway of a building smoking a joint now look, I went to college. Okay, like <laughs> I may have smoked a dube or two in my day, but certainly not in the hallway of a building right outside of an office where the police are having an investigation. <laughs> but my favorite, like these kids are just talking and. They say something about how, like, the gym just installed a waterbed. Why would a gym install a waterbed? (laughs) What kind of activities are they doing in their gym? (sighs) For some water therapy or something, Craig. You know, you didn't live in... Well, you were around at this time, but you weren't old enough to know. What was going on in I don't know. High I, I think I want to join that gym, though. <laughs> yeah, <but> you, <laughs> I was like, you said before you had a waterbed. It was not all as cracked up to be. Maybe it's better as therapy. I did. It was not. But but that was my uh, – that was uh, one of my favorite lines. Like, I literally paused the movie several times to write down lines because they were so funny. Like, they're sitting there smoking a joint and – I assumed that this sexy girl was going to be like an important part of the cast. No, she I don't think she ever shows up again. But this the somebody says something about the waterbed and this girl takes a puff off the joint and says, "The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time." <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh god yeah in college i did both of those things but never at the same time you missed out i must have missed out you totally missed out it's the most i missed out on the most beautiful thing in the world (laughs) 
oh man it's hilarious well they interrogate people and they get together with the dean and i don't think we ever hear learn his name he's just the dean and the lieutenant decides to bring in an undercover investigator disguised as the tennis coach mary i think oh he doesn't bring her in just yet right first he gets a tour of the campus grounds (laughs) from professor brown oh god like this movie it's it's one of the I have never seen a movie try so hard to introduce so many suspects. Yeah. Like, they go out of their way to try to throw suspicion on so many people. And it's really dumb, because ultimately, I knew who the killer was 30 minutes in. Like, it was (laughs) really obvious. Um, but they introduce this professor, Professor Brown. It ends up being a big deal that he's gay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's his affliction. Uh, remember, <laughs> it's his affliction. <laughs> but that doesn't have anything to do with me. You know? no. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. And he's in charge of the anatomy department. Mm-hmm. Is there even such a thing as an anatomy department? I don't think there's a whole department devoted to it, no. Uh, maybe a class or two. Yeah, a class or two, right. But they ask him to help in the investigation, just like they ask anybody who they randomly bump into yes! on the street to <laughs> help in this investigation. What is with like, that? <laughs> every person that the detectives encounter they're like okay we're gonna bring you in and you're gonna help us (laughs) (laughs) everybody except willard because he's too shady right and so they introduce gay mr brown and then willard who's the big guy and like he just they had to have just directed him like just look as crazy and menacing as you possibly (laughs) can it's beyond silly and like uh, I don't even remember who goes and talks to him, if it's Mr. Brown or the investigators or whatever, but no, it's the dean talks to him. Like, he's the landscaper that only uses a chainsaw in mm. his landscaping, and mm-hmm. he, the dean is like, finish up your job so you can move on or whatever, and he's like, okay. And then there's just a random shot of Willard seeing some kids f***ing in the middle of the day in the middle of the quad. Like, yes. what college is this? <laughs> <laughs> I went to the wrong school. But if, to God. if you need to murder someone, this is the perfect college to do it in. Absolutely. Anything can happen at any time. It will go completely unnoticed. The primary weapon is a chainsaw. Uh-huh. Chainsaws are not quiet. And, and they're not easy to conceal. <laughs> you can't put them under your clothing. But this murderer successfully runs around with a chainsaw, killing people. Sometimes just, mm, I don't know, rooms away from where others are. Y- you know, the movie's not concerned with making a lot of sense, for sure. I think that uh, after this, we are in the library, and this is where we get introduced. Yeah, it's the setup for the first kill. Yeah, yeah, mm. do it. I love this. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get introduced to Kendall. And so Kendall is sitting in the library, and there's a cute girl sitting in front of her uh, of him. And she kind of smiles at him, and she passes him a note. Uh, and she stands up and walks out and goes to the pool. Right, right, right. But the note says... And suddenly it's nighttime. <laughs> and suddenly it's nighttime. Yes, absolutely. At the pool, but not in other places. 
<laughs> I think it's just nighttime <laughs> at the pool. But this 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 girl, she's super pretty, and she passes this guy the, a note that says, I want to do it in the water. See you in the pool. But Kendall, who really is one of the main characters of this movie, I swear to God, the actor that plays him in any other movie would have been the nerd. Yeah. But in this movie, he is a sex god that <laughs> women cannot stop throwing themselves at. Like Adult women, young kid, women. <laughs> this kid is getting tail like four or five times a day. Like mm. he will leave one girl and bump into another girl and they will be doing it like three seconds later (laughs) and i'm exaggerating but that seems to be the implication they even talk about it like (laughs) how he he just can't keep up (sighs) oh it's hilarious with all this with all this ass that he's getting so funny well later on they Uh. mentioned about how he knows everybody on campus like yeah because he's boned them all (laughs) (laughs) so it turns out it was good that he was randomly there for the cops to bring into the investigation for sure the whole thing with the notes confused me yeah i don't understand that either he gets the note and then he throws it towards the trash can and it lands on the ground and then the killer picks it up but then there's a whole other deal with notes like i don't so we don't we don't hear about it yet first we see this beautiful girl at the pool waiting for Kendall, and she strips naked mostly and jumps in the pool, which I read they filmed this in the middle of the winter, and she nearly froze to death filming this scene. But she just swims around in the pool. Again, something else that I don't understand about this movie, this killer can walk around with the chainsaw mere feet away from people, but they don't see him. As yeah. though he's invisible. Mm, like, he's the shadow. He has the power to cloud men's minds. <laughs> <laughs> this this girl is swimming in the pool, and this the shadow guy is like creeping up with the chainsaw. She turns around 360 in the pool, looking around several times, but never sees him. Yeah. But eventually, he he fishes her out with the. <laughs> With the pool net, which almost kills her, like, yeah. <laughs> disables her. Like, he pulls her out of the pool, and because he's been poking her with the pool net, like, <laughs> she can barely move. <laughs> so she just lays there. Lays there. While he chops her up with the chainsaw. Yeah, it is so leering. She has great boobs, though. She had, <laughs> oh, that was all I was thinking of. Plus, you can tell it was cold in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> great boobs in this whole movie, honestly. Like, and the, a lot of TNA. Yeah, yeah, lots. And it leers on it. The male gaze is strong in this movie. Anyway, he goes over and he cuts at her, and we don't get to see the close-ups or anything of this particular thing. We see the aftermath which is when the cops are in there and they've called in the anatomy professor to give his opinion about it. There is a bag full of body parts sitting there. They have a gurney that I guess they put more body parts on. And the chainsaw is sitting right there. And in one of the most awkwardly filmed scenes I've ever seen, the professor bends down, looks at the bag, looks over at some body part on the gurney, touches the chainsaw and the cops go no 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 no! don't do that you could have destroyed the evidence 
And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. Long pause, stands up, looks around and says, Well, I'm not a pathologist, but uh, even a layman could see it was done with this. I'd say it's elementary. Okay, thanks. Thank you very much. That'll be all. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, oh, somebody God. probably just planted this chainsaw here to throw us off. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess they don't confiscate the chainsaw and take it back to the police station because either the killer has a lot of chainsaws on hand or he's able to get this thing back. Well, there was also a scene that was totally incomprehensible to me. So Kendall apparently didn't go to have sex with the girl in the pool. Instead, he just hung out in the library. But then his nerdy friend brought him another note. Mm. And I don't even know what that note said. Somehow it got passed over the dean's desk and then got to him. And then they say later, like, it was supposed to distract him from going to the pool. Like, the killer must have planted it mm. to keep you from going to the pool or whatever. It, it doesn't make any sense. But right after he gets that note, we see this really weird scene where Willard, the big scary guy, walks into the pool area, finds Kendall hiding there with the body... And then all of a sudden, all of the cops are there. Yes. They arrest Willard, I guess. We don't even really see it. But then they continue on with the investigation. Like, as though they caught Willard red-handed, but they're just not really sure. Yeah. If that's the killer. Which, of course, it turns out that it's not. <sighs> that it was. I was so confused. I thought that I had missed something, or that the movie was... Uh, weird i i have no idea what was going on there well it's almost like this scene was supposed to happen before the scene where they talk about the body right or was it a different girl was it the same girl or different girl no it was the same girl i think that that did happen that was right before they were investigating the body but nonetheless it was all very confusing and yeah i i just didn't understand why it it seemed like oh we caught Willard red-handed, and they arrest him and take him to jail, but then they just continue on. And then later he's free. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, you know, and he, he he does a pretty good job of beating off, like, three or four cops who are jumping him, like, barehanded with his fists. So it's, it's a pretty exciting <laughs> fight scene. <laughs> Rewind that. <laughs> Listen to what you just said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not that kind of movie, Todd. I mean, it, it's almost it's close, but, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. Right. So they examine the chainsaw. I'm like going through my notes. Okay. So then that's when the cops say that they want to bring in two undercover women, which I. I they say that, but then later they're like, oh, well, we could really only get one. Okay, well, great great writing. I, I don't know. <laughs> and then the killer watches some people doing aerobics. For a while. And then the cops take Kendall to a psychologist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> random shit. I have no idea what's going on half the time. Yeah, and then there's a an undercover. Is this about the time that the reporter? This is when they bring up? in the the girl that you were talking about before, oh, Mary yeah. Riggs, 
who was played by Linda Day George, who was in the original Mission Impossible television series. And in this movie, she's a tennis pro by day and a detective by night. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, apparently, nobody in this movie could actually play tennis, even though most of the characters do. So they had to bring in a tennis coach to show them a few moves. I don't think it made much of a difference, to be honest. No. No. I love this scene, too, of, of the them playing tennis, which is just two people playing tennis, but there's stuff coming over the loudspeaker like it's supposed to be a big game with like a big crowd and there's an announcer. But the only shot we get of the crowd is about a dozen people lined up on a fence looking down on this game with their heads moving left, then right. Then left. And they couldn't even then do right. that. Like, <laughs> there was at one point where, like, it's like their heads were supposed to be following the ball, but there was one part where, like, half of them were watching it go one way and half of them were watching it go the other way. <laughs> like, they couldn't even get that synced up. I know. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. It sure was. (laughs) And the detective, like, enlists this lady, but while he's enlisting her, like, she just happens to work in his office or whatever. But then Kendall comes in, too, and the detective is spilling all this information about how this woman's going to be working undercover. And she's like, well, thanks for blowing my cover with him. And he's like, no, he's helping us with the uh, investigation. I'd stake my life on him. (laughs) what (laughs) this is a college kid that you just met yesterday and now he's like your most trusted confidant (sighs) it's so weird it's so weird and later on he tries to get it with her too (laughs) yeah and almost does there was supposed to be a sex scene between them that was written in and i think it was the actress who kind of talked them out of it and said that's a little silly, and uh, that's what led to the scene where he tries to invite himself into her apartment after dropping her off. And she, he's like, uh, don't you want to make me coffee? And she says, mm, um, another time. <laughs> yeah, no. But she still kisses him on the mouth, like, twice. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she could be his mom. I mean, oh, she's yeah. gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman, but she's significantly older than him. It's like he's supposed to have this incredible sex appeal. A- another person gets killed. Uh, the killer watches another dancer and then confronts her in an elevator, and she recognizes him yeah. and calls him sir. So we know it's somebody that she knows and presumably somebody that we know and at that point i totally knew who it was yeah like the the killer cuts off her arms but then as always happens they immediately find the body because kendall is just he just happens to be He's around right there the time this is happening yeah and they say she's still alive so we'll know who it is and then four seconds later a doctor comes by and they're like how's she doing oh horrible there's not a chance in the world she will live (laughs) okay well thanks but they all come by so quickly that it's like they were in the other room waiting for this to happen this is the moment where not just kendall but every person we've been introduced to in the movie shows up at this crime scene yes and they literally have a three second shot of them all standing as though in a lineup like i Mm. feel like that was the purpose 
of that shot like here are your suspects <laughs> <laughs> like, like even Willard who had been in jail shows up and is standing there amongst all of them at the murder scene and nobody even says anything yeah. like they all just no stand sense. there the next scene is I think Maybe for a couple of reasons, one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the movie where Kendall is in bed with this girl and he gets up and you see his wiener. Now, listen, coming from a gay dude, you just – and I appreciate the human body in all forms. I think that people might sometimes get confused when I make comments like she had great boobs. Look, I can appreciate great boobs. Yes. <laughs> I don't necessarily need to play with them or whatever, but like <laughs> I can look at an attractive woman and say, look at her. She's gorgeous. But you don't get to see naked dudes very often. No. And you do here, and I appreciated that for the brief second that it happened. But it was so funny – that this girl that he is in bed with is literally begging him. I'll control myself, Kendall. If we do it again, come back to bed, huh? No, why are you getting dressed? Oh, honey, where are you going? What if you gagged me, huh? I wouldn't make any noise then. He just took two steps toward the window. Come on, the window's <laughs> right beside the bed. <laughs> what are you worried about? No, my favorite bit is, again, full frontal male nudity. I was shocked because I had never seen, you, you know, like you said, hardly ever see that in the movies before. So I'm like, oh, wow, the movie's like really out there. Then the next shot is a shot through the window, and suddenly there is a flower pot strategically <laughs> placed <laughs> covering up the dong that we just saw. <laughs> what was that? Flower pot. How more cliche <sighs> uh, can it be than that? It's so funny. It was hilarious. Which also leads to the, I objectively the best scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> when when he is looking out and he sees Mary walking at night alone on this campus where multiple women have been murdered. For reasons unknown. For reasons unknown. And, oh, I don't even want to tell it. You tell it. It's so funny. <laughs> so she's walking down like a passageway corridor outdoors. Uh, and she hears the sound of um, a chainsaw behind her. And she's freaking out. <laughs> and suddenly, a, a ninja. Uh, he's not dressed as a ninja. He's in a jumpsuit. But an Asian guy comes with a flying jump kick towards her. He goes, ah, ha, ha, which she somehow bats him off. And he ends up on the ground. And, like, he does some, like, serious kung fu moves. You know, with the, like, oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> really the great bad. sound effects. And then Kendall comes around on the motorcycle, and the guy gets up, and he's like, Oh, hey, it's my kung fu professor. What's the story, child? Oh, I am out jogging, and next thing I know, I am on ground. <laughs> Something I eat. <laughs> Bad chop suey. <laughs> so long. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the oh. funniest things. I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's so random. I read that the film, like the director, I think, was making and he was also making a kung fu movie at the same time. So they just wrote in this cameo, and this guy was like a Bruce Lee impersonator. A bad Bruce Lee impersonator. 
but it has it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie and they write it off in the most ridiculous way I swear it was one of the funniest I, I had no idea what was going on and then when it was over it was just one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my whole life that made watching this movie worth it <laughs> bad shop oh, suey gosh and I hate like now I feel like anybody who's listening who hasn't seen the movie, we have spoiled it because it comes out of nowhere and that is the best part. It is hilarious. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, that, that's it. I'm done. The movie's over as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. That's all you need to say. Uh, they find the killer. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> oh, there are a couple other murders. <laughs> well, that's when he ends up walking her home and taking her to her apartment and she refuses him in. Then we get a shot back at the same outdoor corridor scene where this reporter, who we'd be previously been introduced to, I think in like one or maybe two scenes, yeah, uh, who's yeah. barely there. Again, it's that cliche, oh, there's a reporter on the scene covering the case, except she's not really covering the case. She's just kind of hanging around, asking a few questions, and then disappears for a while. She also, for reasons unknown, is wandering the empty, dark campus where women have been murdered. And for no good reason, decides to explore a room off of the building. So she opens a door and she wanders through. And at this point, I'm watching this and I'm going, this wasn't filmed in Boston. Like all of the interiors of this film in this college campus. And college campuses have an old style feeling to them with mm. the old style woodwork and stuff. But everything here is distinctly European. Like down to the light switches on the walls. Mm. Nothing here looks like it would even be an old American college campus. She opens a door to what must be a closet and sees a chainsaw in there. And it's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and then closes that but door. But not. And the killer's in there. He is. <laughs> like, but <laughs> She just didn't look long enough. <laughs> the minute she shuts the door, we see in the darkness the flash of a knife. So now the killer has a knife. Mm -hmm. And she continues to walk and she stumbles upon the waterbed that they've just installed. And uh, as she gets into the room, the door shuts behind her. She freaks out. She tries another door, but some lights come on. And then through that other door, the killer comes in. And this scene was particularly brutal. It was. And it was it was good. It like, was, this oh. was the best kill scene for sure. It was. It, 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 looked, it looked great. It did. He's got her by the hair, and he puts her down on the waterbed, and she's struggling, and he stabs her a couple times in the chest, and it looks awful. I mean... This is really sexual, right? I mean, it you've is. got the penetration, uh, him on top of her, they're on a waterbed, and then his knife starts cutting into the bed, so there's water and blood mixing together and kind of flying up in the air as they struggle. And it's all done in slow motion, which is really effective. Anyway, she ends up kind of face down, and he's got her hair, and he pulls up the knife, and I thought he was going to stab her in the back. And he ends up stabbing her in the back of her head, where the point comes out her mouth. Mm -hmm. And you get a long, leering close-up of this, uh, you know, from the side, showing this effect. It's a pretty good effect. It is. And and then he gets up and he pulls her off the bed. But because he's popped it, it's like he's pulling her out of water. And the water, of course, is all bloody. It was really visceral, and it looked really, really good. It was almost out of place in yeah, this movie. It really for was. how good it was. And, and I read that everybody was nervous about filming that scene because in order 
for the actor who, by the way, the, the person who ends up being the killer doesn't play the killer in his killer garb throughout. So whoever was in the costume had to use a real knife in order to be able to slash the waterbed. And everybody was concerned, but I guess, you know, it <laughs> it worked out and she didn't die. So. Oh, God. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I mean, I just wouldn't do that. I... I don't know, maybe as a performer, I'd be like, oh, I'm sacrificing for my art or whatever. But as a director, I, I would just say, no, we're going to have mm. to figure out a different way to do it. But, you know, they did it and it looked great. I mean, it's probably the best looking scene of the whole movie by far. Yeah, it's very Argento-esque. It looks just, mm -hmm. it looks pulled straight out of, of one of those movies. Maybe it was. Maybe we'll be watching some Jalo pick yeah. and we'll be like, oh, <laughs> this is that scene <laughs> that he stole this from. Uh, you're right. It's fantastic. And then we see uh, the killer, uh, like the feet and the hands of the killer, open up a cooler somewhere, one of these walk-in coolers. Yeah, like an industrial freezer. I still mm -hmm. don't really understand where that was. but I don't either. Must have been the kitchen at the school or something. Who knows? And uh, yeah, and there's a body hung up in there. And I wasn't even sure whose body that was. Me either. It was like a random body, but this is... Uh, th this is where you start to get a clue as to what's going on. Obviously, he's keeping these pieces. Mm -hmm. But also, he has a full-on body in there. So it's not as clear as it ought to be. You know, what I would like to see is a table, <laughs> you know, right. with the, some arms and some legs and a torso on it, all kind of like right. placed together. And you never see that. You never get that at all in the movie. So it's really not clear. I think that they were trying to save it as a surprise reveal because uh, I read the synopsis before I watched the movie, so I knew that's what he was doing. And you should have been able to figure out that he was collecting body parts because he always leaves most of the body, but he always takes something. Like the first thing he took was the head, and then from another girl he took the arms. Um, and then I don't remember what he took from the waterbed girl, um, but then right after that, he kills the tennis player girl, not not yeah. our undercover lady, but just a random tennis player girl. He kills her in the locker room, and he takes her legs. Like, she's cut from the waist down. Um, and that scene is not particularly notable, except for the fact that, once again, she recognizes him. She knows who it is. It's not revealed to us, but she knows who it is. And the other notable thing about that scene is he chases her around in the locker room and then he chases her into a bathroom and he saws the door open and I thought that it was kind of, I've seen it before so I didn't think it was that weird but it felt kind of weird in this movie that they show that she pees her pants yeah. in fear. But I read that the actress was so terrified at the chainsaw coming through the door that she literally peed her pants and they just kept it. Now, I kind of find that hard to believe. I do too. Because when she pees her pants, it's, close it's a close-up on her, you know, pee-pee area. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, and why else... <laughs> Why else would they be focusing there unless they knew it was going to happen? Yeah. But anyway. I, that's BS. I, that's what I read, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's particularly cruel, I think. You know, I mean, 
there are points when the exploitation, which is, you know, doesn't really have a lot of taste, when this movie is is, is truly tasteless, you know? And yeah. this aspect of it, oh, lo- wow, check it out. This girl's so scared she's peeing her pants and we're going to show you up close. Yeah. Is particularly tasteless. And you're right. I don't buy it for one bit that, I mean, they would have had to reshoot it because uh, right. the camera is focused right there and it's a close up and, it, and it's happening. Um, I don't think this is the production that had multiple cameras on scene for sure. And and he saws into her torso and apparently they used a pig uh, carcass to get the close ups of the sawing through here. You know, the the gore in this movie, from what I read online, most of it was achieved simply by throwing a bunch of actual animal entrails and blood right. everywhere. And the aftermath that they see of this girl is, is a bit iconic as well. They open the door just to show us her body one more time as the cops show up and, and look. And there she is, you know, without her legs propped up in the corner with blood everywhere and on her and you know guts coming out of her of her chesta area it's it's pretty gross it's pretty tasteless but it's very grindhouse very drive-in movie you know this movie really accomplished what it was what it was setting out to achieve it didn't disappoint yeah yeah no no it it is pretty gnarly And, and it's it's not the camera doesn't linger on it for very long and I think that that's wise because it's almost more shocking that you just kind of get a glimpse of it mm. um, because it is it's carnage. I mean, it's it's pretty gross. But of course, Kendall and Mary are there because they're Kendall's always there whenever a murder happens, and he goes in and finds her. And then he comes out and Mary goes in, I think, and looks, or maybe she doesn't even go in and look, she just reacts, which is my second favorite part of the movie, (laughs) and I insist that you put in this audio clip (laughs) of her reaction. (laughs) You see it? Yes! While we were out here fumbling with that music, the lousy bastard was in there killing her! Bastard! 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 <laughs> oh, oh my yes. God! She. <laughs> I have a I have a big red star next to it in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think the scene is going to end, there's at least two more bastards coming. <laughs> it's. It's great. And I don't remember exactly what happens. We see the killer like put his mom's shoes on the feet of a body or something. And then Mary like just happens to run into Kendall on campus and she sh- she says she's going to go talk to the dean about something and he says well, the dean won't be home until later because he always goes to Arlington on the first of every month. And even though I already knew who it was, P.S. guys, it was the dean all along. <laughs> um, even though I had known that for a long time, the, this is where it was cemented because in the opening scene with when the killer was a kid, there was a photograph of his dad in his Air Force uniform 
on uh, his dresser, and the mom made some mention of it. So I knew that the killer's dad had been in the service. Um, so the fact that he visited Arlington once a month, I'm like, ah, mm-hmm, okay, so it's definitely him. And it was. Wow, you um, were so astute. I know. I'm really smart, Todd. You never give me enough credit. I won't start, but, you know, <clears throat> just this one time. Okay, fine. Um, and then <laughs> Kendall goes to help one of the cops go through some records while Mary goes to visit the dean. And they should have just started with the records because apparently right there in the records it says, oh, yeah, the dean's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they figure it out and then they have to oh. then they have to race to try to save Mary and that's leads up to the the the, the finale final, the final confrontation. Really. It's such a belabored scene too because we all know what's going on and Mary's in there and he sits down and asks her if she wants some coffee. And it's so dated, it's cute. He walks into the other room, which, I, this is his apartment, right? At first I thought it was his office, but I guess it's his apartment. It must be, because it's got this it's massive his, or kitchen. house, it's huge. Yeah. Massive European-style kitchen, pulls out these European-style cups and a European-style coffee pot. And then makes her some Sanka. Sanka. That's right. <laughs> he says, calls from the other room, it's instant coffee, is that all right? She's like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked for some cream and a little bit of saccharin, <laughs> which is also cute. And he pulls out a little vial with a dropper from the the uh, cabinet. He's looking really nervous as he drops in stuff into her coffee. Never does put the cream in, uh, but pours the water in and brings it out to her. And they have a little talk while she drinks her coffee. And she asks him a very pointed question. And he says, um... Well, do you want some more coffee first? <laughs> She's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Then we get another long ass scene of him bringing the coffee cups back into the kitchen, adding like 10 more drops of whatever he's putting in her coffee, uh, bringing her out more coffee. She drinks it. She feels woozy. And then, of course, the whole confession where whatever he's given her has paralyzed her, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But he can hear. You can hear everything I'm saying, but you can't move because I drugged your coffee. Huh. And he pulls out uh, some shoes. It's those shoes, and it turns out that her feet are a perfect fit. So the idea, I think, here is that he's going to saw off her feet at the very least yeah. uh, and kill her, too. But thankfully, uh, just as he's about to do the deed, Kendall pops in in the nick of time. And, and the cops, because the cops bring Kendall, because why mm-hmm. wouldn't you bring a civilian, right? Well, at first it's Kendall, <laughs> and they fight, and it looks like he's going to get Kendall, and he's on top of him, and he's got a knife, and it looks like he's got the best of him, and then the cops burst in at the last moment, and with one quick shot, straight through the door, shoot him point point in the middle of the forehead, uh, and he mm-hmm. falls over dead. And then you think it's pretty much over? Well, I love that, that, you know, after the killer is dead, but Mary is still paralyzed. I don't even know who it was, but, like, some man, like, strokes her face and hair, Mm. like, (laughs) assuringly. And she can't move, but she can just kind of bat her eyes and smile up at him, like... Get your hands off her, you creepo. Like, <laughs> gross. She can't even move. It is gross. But yeah, it, it leads up to... <laughs> oh, go my God. It. 
<laughs> so Kendall's standing, and uh, the lieutenant's assistant, can't remember his name, uh, has says, hey, look at this, and pulls out a jigsaw puzzle, which if you're watching closely, it's pretty obvious that the puzzle he's showing him doesn't match the close-up that they're showing of the puzzle. But anyway, uh, it's a puzzle. He must have really been into puzzles and puzzling, blah, blah, blah. And at this moment, for no good reason, uh, the bookshelf behind them suddenly spins around. It's one of those fake bookshelf things. And this body that this guy apparently has been working on falls down on, onto Kendall in slow motion. It's it's a Frankenstein-esque type woman who's been pieced together. Yeah. And he screams, ah! And there's like a freeze frame on that. And I thought, oh, okay, we're going to get the credits now. Nope. Then it's like, okay, uh, pick her up. Well, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess he's trying to assemble body parts to create the perfect woman or whatnot. Well, I'm glad this is all over. And at that second, a hand reaches up from under... Oh, no. Kendall's standing over that corpse of the yeah. the woman who's been pieced together with a covering over. And the guy says, stop looking at that. It's okay. We can go now. Kendall's like, all right. And suddenly, uh, the hand of this corpse shoots up and grabs him in the balls and <laughs> squeezes and there's blood and, blood and he's out. screaming and then freeze frame freeze frame and then <laughs> credits what in the actual <laughs> why did this oh, movie hilarious. take a sudden turn to the supernatural at the very very end i don't know but i'm glad they did because it was a really stupid movie but that was funny like <laughs> It was hilarious. It's funny on like an airplane so Jerry Abrams level. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I know. I know. None it of was the so rest stupid. of and it comes out of nowhere. Yes, none of the rest of this movie had this anything like this kind of comedy except for in the very beginning that girl roller skating into a freaking mirror. <laughs> Was this the bookend? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Oh man. Mm. I tell you what. This was it was so it was so stupid. It was such a stupid movie and really I like <laughs> there were parts of it I'm like, God damn it, Todd. Where do you find these stupid ass movies? Um but especially with the hand like claw in his dick at the end, I was like, Okay. Alright. <laughs> You're a, you're a sucker for a hand on a dick, aren't you, Craig? <laughs> you know it, buddy. <laughs> oh, so no, so yeah, no. Uh, I would not necessarily recommend this movie to anybody again. As we, I'm sure people just get sick of us saying the same shit over and over again. But like. If you're looking for a movie to sit around with your buddies and have was a couple perfect beers for that. And, and joke around like that, yeah, that that's great. It, it's a bad movie, but if you're just looking for something to goof on, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, watch it with friends, though. Don't watch it by yourself. It's no fun by yourself. No. Much more fun to laugh at with other people. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us online. Just search for Two Guys in a Chainsaw, and you'll find our website. You'll find our Facebook page. Uh, you'll find another video you really don't want to watch, uh, but go to one of those other places I just mentioned. Leave us a comment, and also if you have any requests that you would like us to do in the near future, we are plowing through those as well. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Chainsaw.